So we still remember what happened last Sunday. Uh, the first reading of last Sunday was uh, Abraham hosting three men uh, who were strangers who were crossing his house and why he was resting under the oak of the Mamre tree. And Abraham made these strangers feel at home. And the theme of last Sunday was hospitality. When we are showing hospitality to one another, then we are also contributing to the kingdom of God. Because God says, where goodness is, there I am. A continuation of that first reading is what we read today. The three men, after feeding in the house of Abraham, were going on their way to Sodom and Gomorrah to destroy this city because of their infidelity and of faithfulness to God, of course, abandoning the teachings. And they have angered God that God is bringing destruction to this city of Sodom and Gomorrah. So Abraham, who had established a relationship with God because he hosted, of course, we know, three men, and then one came back and said, by this time next year, your wife will bear a son. And, of course, tradition teaches us that that's God talking to Abraham. Now, today, Abraham decided to intercede for the people of Sodom and Gomorrah, since God has really relayed to him what he's going there to do. Abraham started interceding or praying for them. Lord, if we go there and get 50 people... By the way, does Abraham know any person in Sodom and Gomorrah? Does he know the city? Tradition teaches us that his nephew was there. Lot was living in that city. And so he wasn't praying for only Lot and the family. He was praying for the entire people of Sodom and Gomorrah. And then Abraham starts interacting with the Lord, dialoguing with the Lord, conversing with the Lord. Conversation. Why persisting and talking to, Lord, the, the, Lord, to the Lord in that manner? Scripture reminds us that if we establish a relationship with the Lord, God will listen to us when we call on him. And you may ask me, how do we establish that relationship? Scripture teaches us, first letter of St. John, chapter 5, verse 14, that when we call on the Lord, the Lord will come to us in prayer and he will listen to us. The scripture didn't say he will surrender to us. He will listen to us and then comes at his own time. The Lord was listening or is listening to Abraham Abraham keeps on persisting. The Lord was patient. If I go and get 50 people, will you, will you destroy Sodom? God said, no, go there. If you get 50 people, I'm okay. 10 people, 20 people, 30 people, one person. And then God was silent and quiet and patient. Why? Scripture reminds us in the book of Jeremiah 29 verse 11. The Lord says, I have a plan for you. I know my plan for you. So he's even telling us that even before we start to talk to God in prayer, God knows what we want. He said, I know my plan for you. And my plan is that you will be happy. 
My plan, the plan I have for you is that you will be happy. And then if you go down, the, the, the scripture says, not only that you will be happy, the Lord says, I know the future for you. And the future is a future of hope for you. Jeremiah 29, 11. So God knows now, tomorrow, and day after tomorrow for you. So that even before you come here to talk to God in prayer, he already knows. My question comes again. Does God answer every prayer? You may say no. And some may say yes. But the answer is yes. He answers every prayer, either in the positive or in the negative. When God is silent in your prayer, he knows before you that this is, this which you are asking for now might not be for your benefit at the moment. Yes. So he comes at his own time to answer you in the prayer. By the way, do you think that prayer is asking God for what he can do for you? No. Or asking God for what you want to receive from him tomorrow or next? No, that's not prayer. Prayer is a situation where you are conversing with the Lord and then from that conversation you decipher what God has in mind and then fix your own intention with what God has in mind. Let your will be done. So if prayer is, God, give me this, give me that, offer me this, offer me that, then Jesus wouldn't pray. Jesus would have not prayed. In the gospel of today, scripture tells us that Jesus goes to pray. No, at that moment, when Jesus comes to prayer, he wants to understand the will of the Father for him. So that he can align his own will to the will of the Father. So prayer is an alignment of our own intentions and will into the mind of God. So it, let me tell you this. Prayer does not change the mind of God. I use the word change. If you are in doubt, meet me after Mass. Prayer does not change the mind of God. What prayer does is align our own intentions into the will of the Father. Remember that every prayer Jesus offers, at the end of it, what will he say? Your will be done. It is the will of the Father. Because the Father knows what the son or the child wants. That's why in the prayer Jesus says, when you want to pray, pray, our Father. He didn't say, my Father. Prayer is a community conversation. Um, Abraham didn't say, Father, can you forgive my brother living in, uh, what's that place, Sodom? He didn't say that. He said, if I get, so prayer is communal. And that is why when we gather here, we are praying. We are one or two or three are gathered. I am in there, missed. Prayer is communal. Prayer is not selfish. Prayer is not selfish. Prayer is communal. Um, um, Abraham was praying that God will forgive the people of Sodom and Gomorrah and all those who live there. Moses in Exodus 
chapter 32, from verse 31 through 32, prayed that God would forgive the Israelites when they molded the golden calf and they wanted to turn their back towards God. Moses prayed that God should pardon them and forgive them. Joshua did the same thing. Our blessed mother Mary in Gospel of John chapter 2 from verse 1 to 12 prayed for those who were having their weddings so that he may prosper. So all I'm trying to say is that prayer is not about you. It is about humanity. It is about humanity. Humanity is a community of believers. When we pray, we pray for the world, we pray for the church, we pray for the civil rulers, we pray for the ecclesiastical rulers and leaders, we pray for everybody. Even we pray for the dead. Because in the Eucharist, we are in communion, heaven and earth are in communion. So we even pray for the dead. So what is prayer? That's what the church teaches us today. What is prayer? Jesus says, when we want to pray, say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Humility. Your kingdom come. Intercession. Let your will be done. Give us this day our daily bread. He didn't say, give me this day my daily bread. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins. The prayer of our Father is a synthesis of the scriptures. I'm telling you this. Just the, our Father that Jesus taught us is the summary of the liturgy. Is a summary of the scriptures. Acknowledge our Father. Humble yourself before him, our Father who art in heaven, and then solicit for what you want, and then allow his will to be done. As simple as that. So why did he just teach it? I don't know if I've shared this story, this uh, experience with you. 2000 and... 2000 and uh, one, a year after my ordination, 2001. So usually on the 11th of February every year, we go to visit every hospital in my state. So priests will be scattered all over to visit those who are at the hospital, whether Catholics or non-Catholics, 11th February every year. So priests will be scattered all over. It will be a full day exercise. So usually they use those who are the younger ones, not the elderly priests, but the younger ones. So we are sent, then I was sent to a hospital, a bigger hospital, it's a federal government hospital. And then, so because I have so many, about 200 people to visit, so I was a little bit fast. So I met this young lady who was sick. So I prayed our father and then held Mary. She got mad. I said, why did you pray our father? And then Hail Mary, that I made the prayer simple, that I should, I should keep on praying, maybe for 10 minutes. And then she said, I should fire the prayer. You know, you know what it means, firing the prayer? I'm like, look, prayer is not about dissipating your energy. 
Even Jesus can talk, I mean, God can come to you in silence. You know, people do meditation. Sit down quietly. God knows what you want. Remember Hannah entered the temple. Was she shouting? She was out there. The mouth was moving. And then the priest saw the mouth and said, why is your mouth so moving and you're not saying anything? That's it. So when I did this prayer, the woman got mad and believed in her, in her mind, this prayer is not active. This prayer is not, um, may not bring healing. This prayer might not, uh, you know, it's, it's, not, it's not powerful. And then it took, it took the intervention of some other priests to calm her down. And then, well, but all I'm trying to say is that it was a, a very horrible experience. How can somebody say that the prayer of our father that Jesus taught himself is not efficacious? Really? Which one will be efficacious? The one I construct? <laughs> Absolutely not. So, when we align our mind into what we are asking and then allow the mind of God, the will of God to be done in our lives, we are in a better place. That's what the scripture is telling us. And that's why today, in the second reading, St. Paul is mad with the Colossians. It started three Sundays ago. St. Paul came to the Colossians and preached, and then he is in prison in Rome. And then a friend who he taught in, in Colossi came to him in Rome to remind St. Paul that things have gone wide in Colossi. Things have gone out of line in Colossi. Christians have decided to abandon the faith. Why? They believe that there are other spirits or gods that occupy the face of the earth. And those spirits that occupy the face of the earth are more powerful than Jesus Christ. St. Paul started two Sundays ago to tell the Colossians, Christ is the image of the invisible God. He is the firstborn of all creation. That was two Sundays ago. So St. Paul is telling the Colossians the primacy of the person of Jesus Christ. No other spirit, no other power is greater than him. Today, Paul is also continuing that. So do we know that through baptism, we become a member of the family of Jesus? We become adopted children and then if Jesus is our brother, what else will you dissipate your energy asking for in prayer? He's already our brother. It's like if I'm friendly to or brother to uh, Father Mario, can you do me anything here? He's the pastor. I, am, I have a big friend, and that's Father Mario. He is, the, he is the pastor of the parish. He will tell me, go there or go there or go there, and I will go. And he can tell you, don't do this, don't do this, and he will obey. So if we have Jesus as our brother, it's like me having uh, the president of America as my brother. Come on now. I'll be living, <laughs> I'll be living like, how do I put it? I will tuck my neck inside my head and then I'll be moving like this. Because I have a big brother. So if Jesus is our brother, why do we worry? Where do we worry? Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will ease your problems. Gospel of Matthew, 
11:20 Come to me So St Paul says to the Colossians Christ is our brother Through our baptism we become brothers and sisters adopted And then he says I me as Paul I brag because I have brothers Jesus even though I'm in prison suffering in Rome even though from there I will die but I am happy because I know who I'm following. So, prayer is a theme of today's readings. And that prayer is a conversation. It is a dialogue. And let me tell you, you cannot converse for so long with somebody you are not in relationship with. And I want to conclude by telling you four things that can sustain relationship. So if you are in relationship with God, that means you are friendly to him. You are a friend of Jesus Christ. If you read Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14, it says, I will not listen to the prayer of the wicked man. Read it again from First Chronicles chapter 6. I will not. So, if you have this relationship with the Lord, and then you are coming to the Lord in prayer. There are four things that can sustain that relationship. And if you have them, then you are in good place. If I have them, I'm in a good place. One is passion. When you are friendly with somebody, what sustains that relationship is passion. Passion in the sense that if this person lives in Cyprus and then he wants to call you here in Southwest on phone, can you speak to the person for an hour plus? Sometimes you can. And then, but you know what? Because you are passionate about this relationship, you may not even realize that one hour has passed. You are still discussing. Persistence. You are still discussing. You are still dialoguing. And then when you are doing that, it becomes a pleasure. You are happy. You are So the first one is passion. The second one is pleasure. It is pleasurable to talk to this friend of yours two, three times a day, through or false. You'll be talking to this friend happily, smiling, jumping up and down sometimes. Even though this person might be talking gibberish, but you don't care because he's a friend. So the pleasure in it is what is sustaining it. There's passion, there's pleasure. And if you have this friend that you are passionate about, your discussion brings pleasure, you are committed to him or her. Commitment. I'm only telling us why we can sustain our prayerful relationship with the Lord. Commitment, pleasure, and passion. The last one is sacrifice. Prayer is sacrificial. That's why the scripture says, the Lord says in Hosea chapter 6 verse 6, what I want is mercy, sometimes not sacrifice. I need that passion in you. I don't need your burnt offering, but I need you to show me the attributes of God in you. Those attributes of God in you, hospitality, prayer, humility, thanksgiving, if we have them, the Lord says, in Isaiah 58, verse 7, then come talk to me in prayer, and I will listen. Do you fast? Isaiah says, yeah, it's good to fast. 
Do you pray? Isaiah says, yes, it's good to pray. But Isaiah himself says, if you are fasting and then you are not doing those things that God wants from you, those qualities, those attributes of God, then the Lord says, if you come talk to me in prayer, I will hide my face from you. The church calls us today that when we pray, let us ask the Lord for mercy and establish relationships. 